Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. For you, that was weak. Let's give the Lord a great praise offering. There you go. Thank you, Jesus. And the reason we want to praise the Lord this morning, well, every day, because this is the day that the Lord has made, is because uh, this year will end being the best year of our life, right? Uh, so if you believe that, uh, you might want to stand up and let's give the Lord another great praise offering for that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And let's begin this morning by lifting both hands, would you please, and begin to praise the Lord this morning. Father, we want to thank you uh, for this uh, moment, Father. We want to thank you for your word because it will never, ever, ever return void. And Father, we declare our hearts to be good ground. And as we uh, leave this place, Father, that word, uh, which is the incorruptible seed in our hearts, will produce a maximum, the maximum of 100 to 1. Say that with me, 100 to 1. And we thank you, Father, uh, this morning for the authority that you've given us in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, because anything that might be or is uh, uh, darkness, the kingdom of darkness, is broken right now. Every curse, uh, every arrow, every dart of the enemy. And Father, we break it and it's broken over our lives, over this place. And we thank you, Father, that every veil of darkness over our eyes is gone. And it's got to be gone because we command them in the mighty name of Jesus to be gone. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord another great praise offering. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, uh, you may be seated. And uh, if you look up here on the screen, I'll be sharing this with you. This is very, 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 very important. So you must listen. Don't let your mind wander. I don't think it's going to wonder, but uh, I want you to just listen to what uh, I want to share with you this morning. I'm going to simplify it, and uh, the title here this morning is How to Walk in the Covenant. And in order to walk in the covenant, there's various things that we have to do, uh, but uh, there's two major things that every person must do in order to walk in the covenant. Uh, and then at the very end, uh, I'm gonna sh uh, we're going to break the curse. Whatever curse uh, is generational or a curse that is a possible curse upon your life, you said, well, uh, I know it's not a blessing, right? So uh, it's easy to distinguish a blessing from a curse. Uh, and we thank God that we're under a blessing, right? So uh, this morning, uh, once again, we want to declare uh, this, uh, this year uh, that it's going to end being the best year of our life. And the reason we say that is because uh, it's, uh, it's because God has said it. And if we invent something or if we make up something, you know, if we came up with, well, it's, it's going to end up being the greatest year of our life. Without any kind of uh, foundation or without God saying it, then it has no value. But if God has said something and then you say it, then uh, it's powerful, right? Uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Uh, uh, so 
uh, we declare that this year will end uh, the best year of our life. So if we look back in our life, if you've been walking with God, and if you know anything about the covenant, uh, 2019, let's just go from there. 2019 was a great year. How many of you had a great year? Said, well, it wasn't that good. Well, uh, 2020, said, man, that was, uh, it was a great year for us, right? And then uh, it ended up being a great year. And then 2021 has been a great year, and it gets better and better. And the reason is because in 2 Corinthians 3.18, the Bible describes us as going from glory to glory. Somebody say, from glory to glory. So the normal, say that with me, the normal. The normal Christian life is that you go from glory to glory. Now, if you find a dude or a person, a lady, that it's the same old thing year after year, that's not normal in the Christian life. We go from glory to glory. Then in Romans 1.17 says that we go from faith to faith. And then we go from triumph to triumph, right? That is the normal Christian life. So uh, uh, we don't find ourselves being the same person we were last week, all right, or last year, last five years, or uh, you're worse off now. Some people are worse off. He said, man, I'm worse off than I was last year. Well, that's not normal, right? Because once again, uh, we go from glory to glory. So lift your hand and say, well, I'm going from glory to glory. Say it again. We're going from glory to glory. See, that's the normal Christian life. And you have to declare that for your life. So uh, uh, because we're going from glory to glory, uh, we can declare Psalms 91.10. And Psalms 91.10 says that no plague will come near our dwelling place. We can say that because God said it. We didn't invent that. He said it would not come near your house, your home, no plague. I don't care if it's corona or whatever. It's not coming to my house. No, it's not. Because you say, well, who said that? Well, God said it, right? So he has the, the last word. And if we'll say that, then it'll become true in our life. And then Psalms 91, uh, 16. Psalms 91 is a great chapter. The Bible says that he'll satisfy you with long life. So I don't know what life, a long life might mean to you. So you say, well, it's 70. Well, no, it's pretty short life. Say 80, 90, uh, 100. Well, whatever it is, uh, the Bible says that God will satisfy you with a long life. And this is why he says in Psalms 118, verse 17, I shall live and not die. Lift your hand and say, I shall live and not die. And, and declare the works of the Lord. That means that you're not going to die before your time, right? So you're not going to have children with no fathers or children with no, um, no mother. No, you will see your children's children. We declare that. Say, uh, let's say that with me. I will see my children's children if the Lord doesn't come back, right? So that's God's will for your life. So when we talk about uh, the covenant, I want you to listen real carefully. When we uh, talk about the covenant, we're talking about the blessing, all right? And the blessing is something that's not some old religious thing, you know? When I came back from Vietnam and uh, after being in the Army three years, 
and then uh, the Vietnam War. Uh, I wasn't looking for no religious thing. <laughs> Religion, you know, see, I'm not, I'm, that's not me. I'm not looking for that. So when I found that it was the real thing, then I said, I want that, right? So uh, uh, when we talk about the covenant, we're talking about the blessing, the blessing of God upon your life. And the blessing includes everything that you'll ever need in this life. Uh, it, it, uh, it covers your physical, right? That's the blessing will cover that, that, uh, that uh, you will live a healthy life. That's the blessing, right? Uh, it will cover the, your aspect of money. You will not lack, right? It's not normal, and it's not God's plan that you, a Christian be sick, or, or he's in poverty or in lack or I can't pay my bills, I'm in debt to my eyebrow. That's not God's will. It's not even the covenant, right? But the covenant means the blessing of God upon your life. So uh, this morning, uh, we're going to uh, uh, describe or uh, I'll let you know about two steps that you have to take, two major steps. And if you'll do that, the blessing of God will be upon your life, all right? So when we look at the whole Bible, the Old Testament describes the children of Israel. That, were, that was God's people in the Old Testament. They were under a covenant. Testament means covenant, all right? And then uh, we, uh, uh, as a new, uh, the New Testament, we're under a covenant, but thank God, in Hebrews 8, 6, uh, says that we are under a better covenant based upon better promises. Somebody say, we're under a better uh, uh, covenant, right? So everything that God provided Israel in the Old Testament, ours is as equal and better. Does everybody understand that? If it's not equal to what they received in the Old Testament, then we have to admit that ours is an inferior covenant. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that we have a better covenant. So if God healed Israel, uh, all of Israel, and healing was for them, it's for us. Does everybody understand that? So if God blessed them, uh, blessed Israel, uh, you look in the Old Testament, then we're to be blessed because we are under a better covenant based upon a better promises because of a better mediator. Does everybody understand that? So uh, this, uh, this morning, um, I want to explain to you uh, about these two steps that we need to take this morning. But first of all, I want to say what Jesus said. He said in John 17, describing you now, listen real carefully. He said that we are in this world, but we're not of this world. Say that with me. I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. You have to get that. That has to be cemented in every believer's life. We are in this world, but we're not of this world, which means that we are exempt. Does everybody understand that? We are in this world, but we're not of this world. That means that we are exempt from what? Well, whatever's happening in the world, right? So uh, Biden can speak, well, that's for him and for all the sinners out there. The governor of this state, uh, she can say whatever she wants to say. Well, she's speaking to herself and everybody else in the state, but uh, she's not speaking to me. 
Especially when you say about this and the corona and all that. You say, well, that's, I'm exempt, right? That's, we are exempt. If we are in this world, what Jesus said, I'm not making that up. He said, we are in this world, but we're not of this world. That means that we're exempt, right? We're exempt from anything that is in the world. What's in the world? Well, it's a curse out there. There's a curse. And the curse uh, is described in three words. Listen to me real carefully. It is sickness. If you read the whole curse of the law, it is sickness, poverty, and second death, or an even spiritual death. Everybody understand that? So uh, we're exempt from that. And we can prove that by Galatians 3.13. In Galatians 3.13, the Bible says God, uh, Christ has that's uh, past tense, has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree, describing Jesus, that the blessing, somebody say the blessing, of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. So in verse 14, in the New Living Translation, says this, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same same blessing, the same blessing. You know that if you, did, uh, if you read the life of Abraham, was he blessed? He was blessed for a hundred years. And then he died satisfied in a good old age, the Bible says. So if God blessed Abraham, and then the word says that we're blessed with the same blessing. Can you say amen? So uh, uh, because we're blessed uh, in the, uh, with the blessing of Abraham, uh, we, we can walk in it, and it belongs to us, right? But uh, uh, the, if, we, if we have no sin in our life, then the enemy has no entry, right? He has nothing, uh, and we can do that by 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But walking in the covenant, listen real carefully now, because I don't want to give the wrong impression here. Uh, uh, because uh, we are covenant people, and we can walk under the covenant, which means under the blessing, and uh, we can avoid the curse upon our life, does not mean that, uh, uh, that we are immune to attacks. Does everybody understand that? We will be attacked, right? Uh, but uh, if we know what to do, we will overcome every time. For God describes us that we are more than conquerors. Somebody say we're more than conquerors. Praise the Lord. So the blessing, listen to me, the blessing is ours. It's yours. It belongs to you and your family, right? And the blessing, once again, covers everything that you'll ever need in this life. In other words, no lack. When you, you take a step, God is there to meet that need. Uh, things around you start taking place, don't worry about it. You're covered. God is your rear guard. You're blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed going in, going out. Can you say amen? We're just, we're the blessed, we have, we're blessed people. We're a covenant people, right? Just because you've accepted Jesus, and we'll prove that again. Let's go to Galatians 3.9. And this is a New Living Translation, so he says this. Now listen to these two verses. So all who put their faith, Everybody that puts your faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Wow, that is powerful. Galatians 3.29, 
And now that you belong, now that you belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Did everybody get that? So we can, this morning, just say, uh, lift our hands and just praise God and say, man, I'm blessed. I'm a blessed man. I'm a covenant man. So lift your hands and say, I'm a covenant woman. I'm a covenant man. Can you say amen? So this morning, what I want to do is kind of lay a foundation for you. And then I'm going to give you uh, two things, two major things that you and I have to do in order for us to walk in the covenant, which means walk under the blessing, the same blessing of Abraham, right? Now, uh, number one, let's go to Luke uh, chapter 8, and you know this story beginning with verse 40, and I'll just read that, and then I'll comment on that. And that's the woman with the issue of blood, all right? Uh, so it was, so it was when Jesus returned, when the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jer uh, Jairus, and he was the ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had only uh, he had an only daughter, uh, about twelve years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitude, multitudes thronged him. Now, woman, uh, having a flow of blood for how many years? Twelve years. Twelve days is too long. Hello. It's too long. Uh, she had a flow of blood for twelve years, who had spent all her livelihood uh, on physicians and could not be healed by any. She spent all her money. Everything that had come in, everything that was coming in, uh, she, she probably couldn't work much. Uh, uh, everything went for the doctors. She came from behind and touched the border of his garment. And immediately, the flow of her blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those who said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you. And you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me. For I perceive power uh, going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling. And, and falling down before him, she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And, and he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith, somebody say, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Wow. So notice what the curse does. The curse, uh, just like this woman, we're talking about the children of God. Now, she's in the Old Testament, and she's covered, right? But for whatever reason, uh, the curse is upon her life, and it's horrible. It's 12 years, right? And due to her condition, uh, this lady can't go to the temple. The religious law that day declared her unclean. So she can't go to the temple. She can't touch anybody. And nobody can touch her. She can't even touch her family. Imagine for 12 years, separated from her family. She can't touch nobody. That's a long time, right? 12 days is too long, but that's a long time. So she was cut off uh, uh, from man. Uh, but thank God she wasn't cut off from God. Hallelujah, right? So the doctors gave her no hope. 
But thank God that we always have hope in Jesus. Uh, because if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Can you say amen? So the reason I'm sharing this with you, uh, this, uh, this, uh, 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 this uh, story of this lady is because uh, it is the curse. And we see that the, the curse is horrible. Now, if we look at the average, uh, average medical cost, listen real carefully. Now, this is the curse. Because you're losing your money, not only less, not only that, but your well-being. Uh, the the uh, here in America, the average American pays in medical costs uh, in his lifetime around three hundred sixteen thousand dollars. This is what you give the doctors in the hospital. You say, no wonder. Can you imagine just us here? If we everybody here gave three hundred sixteen thousand dollars. Man, you can build another hospital, right? So when you go to Lubbock, it's like a mecca for hospitals and clinic. Every time you turn around, there's a clinic, right? So where do they build all that? They build it uh, from all the sick people, all the sick people giving. And then uh, medical people, you know, we don't, I'm not on my, I don't mind them making money. They go, they go play golf, build uh, bigger houses, right? They have big bank accounts. He say, how did they do that? Well, the sick people gave them to them. But uh, they've had to go broke with me because I'm not giving them a penny. I have them very little uh, over my lifetime, and I'm 73 years of age. And last time I had the flu or, uh, 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 and a headache was 1978. So I've had little things, but we just stand on the Word of God, and we just reject that. Can you say amen? A symptom comes because we're not immune to, uh, to attacks. When those, those things come, we just stand on the word. By his stripes, we're healed. Lift up your hand and say, by his stripes, we're healed. Say it. By his stripes, we're healed. Either that's true or it's not true. He went to Calvary, and there he, he carried all the sicknesses, including yours. Every sickness, every headache, every, every ailment, every plague, Jesus carried it so that we could be free. Can you say amen? Now, a diabetic, I was looking at this, a diabetic, they, they pay on the average about 16000 This is a diabetic now, 16500 every year because of that sickness, just one sickness. And can you imagine for 20 years, if you're a diabetic for 20 years, you're just giving them 340000 right? And 340000 you could have bought a, a, a nice, beautiful home, right? Uh, something, right? But imagine just giving these doctors 16000 and giving these doctors. Well, they can collect all the money they want. But for God's people, uh, we are not under the curse. And we don't receive that. And we're, we're going to be free. And we're not going to be sick. And we're going to live out our days uh, being blessed and being sickness free. Can you say amen? Let's give the Lord a great praise offering for that. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Let's go to another example. Let's go to Luke chapter 13. And now you know this one too. Verse 10 through 17. This is the woman that was bowed over, bent over. Now this is a long time now. 18 years. How would you like to be bowed over for 18 years? How about 18 days? No, 18 hours. That's a long time. Can you imagine bowed over and you can't get up and you have a problem in your back? And you can't, uh, you can't uh, uh, stand up and you can't move because of this infirmity that you have. Here's this, this woman who had a spirit. 
of infirmity for 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, praise God, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue, here he goes now, the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on him, not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered uh, him and said, Hypocrite, does not each of you on the Sabbath day lose his ox and, uh, and donkey from his stall and lead him away to water it? So ought not this woman, here's the key now, ought not this woman being a daughter of who? Being a daughter of Abraham. In other words, here's a woman that is a daughter of Abraham. She's not just any old woman, all right? She's a daughter of Abraham, which means she's under a covenant. But for whatever reason, the curse is upon her, right? The curse should not be upon her. She's a daughter of Abraham. And the same blessing that was on Abraham, it was on her, but we have to uh, uh, do something in order for that curse never to come upon our life. So this woman was bound, daughter of Abraham, Jesus said, whom Satan has bound. Who bound her? Satan, not God. Some people say, oh, God just put this on me so that uh, I, I could learn a lesson. God will never put that on you because he can't. There's no, there's no sickness in heaven, right? So all these weird ideas that people have, it's God's will. Well, if they read the Bible, they know God's will. And he said, think of it. For 18 years, be loosened from this bond on the Sabbath. But when he had said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Let's give the Lord another praise offering for that woman. Praise God. She's in heaven. Hallelujah. Right? Praise God. Now, one more, one more example. Let's go to Luke chapter 4, verse 23 to 30. And we're talking about uh, 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 examples uh, or giving you examples about uh, the curse and also uh, what rightfully belonged to these people. Luke chapter 4, uh, beginning with verse 23. And he said to them, you will surely say this pro proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Remember, Jesus is in his hometown. Somebody say he's in his hometown. Okay. And then uh, he said, you will surely say this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Then he said, assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in all the days of, of Elijah. When the heavens were shut up for three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout the land. There's something wrong with that picture. The Bible says that there were many widows in Israel, and there was a great famine. If you'll read the Old Testament, famine, drought, anything like that is a curse. That's not uh, there's something wrong with that picture. That, will ne that is not God's will for his people. But to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. Now Jesus gave another example. And he said, and many leopards, many leopards. He's in his hometown now. He's talking to his people. And he says, and many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elijah the prophet. And none of them were cleansed except who? Naaman the Syrian, he wasn't even a, 
a covenant man. And when he said that, man, these people, these are God's people. They got mad at Jesus. And guess what they try to do? Throw him over a cliff, right? Because he was telling them the, the truth. They got mad at him. Uh, but uh, uh, God is saying here, Jesus was telling his people, he said, uh, this is what God has provided for you. The blessing is for you. You're the covenant people. And uh, uh, life is for you, right? But you must commit yourselves to God. But they got mad and wanted to throw them over a cliff, right? So give you one more. Malachi chapter 1, verse 7 through 10, and then I'll give you the two. And this is the prophet Malachi. Now listen real carefully. Because uh, he's talking to God's people. Say he's talking to God's people. Listen, if you, uh, any, anybody in the Old Testament or New Testament that is God's people, the covenant, you're under a covenant, and the blessing belongs to you. Not the curse. The blessing is upon you. It should follow you all the days of your life. It should overtake you, right? You're blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Every time you turn around, you're blessed. Your children are blessed. Your children are mighty upon this earth. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. You will never lack. Does everybody understand that? Now, remember, uh, the Old Testament is speaking to Israel. I'm not talking to the nations out there. They're all cursed. Right? The New Testament, especially from Romans to uh, uh, Revelation, God's speaking to his church. We're not under no curse. We're under the blessing. We're under a covenant. Being under a covenant, once again, means that you're under a blessing. Right? The same blessing. Somebody say the same blessing. The blessing of Abraham. So here he's directing. Now watch this. Malachi chapter 1, verse uh, 7 through 10. And this is God speaking to Israel. You have shown contempt. By offering defiled sacrifices on my altar. Then you ask, how have we defiled the sacrifices? You defile them by saying that the altar of the Lord deserves no respect. When you give, when you give blind animals as sacrifices, isn't that wrong? And isn't it wrong to offer animals that are crippled and diseased? Try giving gifts like that to uh, the governor. And see how pleased he is, says the Lord of heaven's army. Go ahead, beg God to be merciful to you. But when you bring that kind of offering, why should he show you any favor at all? As the Lord of, uh, 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 the Lord of heaven's armies. How I wish, now watch this. How I wish that you would shut the temple's doors. I wish you would just shut the church's doors. If you're going to bring me that junk, you see. Now, how many of you know God doesn't need animals? God doesn't need $50. He don't need your $100. He don't need 1000 God is God. He has no needs. He's the God of the universe, right? And the only reason we give anything to God is for our good, but it's also to praise him and to reverence him and to respect him, right? And to honor him and to put him first. If you believe that, give the Lord a praise offering. Praise God, right? But the Lord told Israel, the Lord told Israel, I wish you would just shut the doors of the church. If you're going to be bringing me all this stuff, just shut the doors. If you're not going to honor me. Why come to church, right? Right. I've been in places where musicians will sing and then they'll walk out and stay back there. That's not honoring God, right? 
It's not honoring God. That's disrespect for God. But God said, how I wish uh, one of you would shut the temple's doors so that these worthless sacrifices would not be offered. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of heaven's army, and I will not accept your offerings. Wow. So did everybody understand? Uh, now, he, uh, the examples I've given you are examples of the covenant people. And the blessing is not on them. Whose fault is it? Right? Whose fault is it? He said, uh, well, it's God. God put this on me. Wrong. God didn't put that on you. The blessing is what God gives, right? That's right. And when the blessing is on you, you're void of all curses. Can you say amen? Praise God. So here it goes. Two things, two major things that we have to do to walk under the covenant, which means to walk under the blessing. Number one, and you have to remember these things, all right? The blessing is a decision. Somebody say the blessing is a decision. That's very, very important. The blessing is a decision. Somebody say the blessing is a decision. It would be wonderful. Listen real carefully. If we could decide for everybody, I can't even decide for my children, but thank God my children said, Dad, we want the blessing, and they got the blessing. But we can't decide for anybody. I can't decide for my brothers, my, my siblings, or my sisters, and I don't know too much, but if they've decided they want the blessing, they took the blessing, great, praise God. But can you imagine us walking in the mall and saying, I decide for all of you. Everybody gets the blessing. Well, that'd be nice, but we can't do that. In other words, the blessing is a decision. We are the determining factor whether the blessing is upon us or, or not. There is no neutral ground. Somebody say there's no neutral ground. There's no neutral ground. Some of you say, well, I don't want the blessing, this God stuff, but I don't want the curse either. No, there's no neutral ground. If you don't have the blessing, you're under a curse. Does everybody get that? There is no. It's, and it's not a religious thing now. Listen real carefully. It's not a religious thing. It is a spiritual force. It is out there. And it don't matter if you're educated. It doesn't matter if you have money. If the curse is on you, it will overtake you. In my little short life of 73 years, I've seen the curse come upon multimillionaires. And people that made a lot of money, and they ended up with nothing. They lost their family. They lost their health. They lost uh, uh, their business. They lost everything. You say, well, who, what happened? Well, it was the curse. The curse will overtake you. It's, uh, and, but also the blessing will overtake you. It'll, it'll follow you. You're, you're running, and the blessing just running after you, right? It's running after you. And it'll overtake you. You don't even have to look for it. Man, it's coming and following you. Can you say amen? But it's a decision. You have to decide and say, I want the blessing. Or you decide and say, I want the curse. Or by default, right? If you don't walk in this, then you get the curse. By default. By not even saying, but by your actions, right? So it's a decision. Everybody must decide. He said, I want this thing. 
I want this thing. I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm not going to be in this vicious cycle in my life over and over again. And you can see people like that. Not you, but you can see people. They'll start off here, and they'll go, and they'll continue, and they'll go, and they'll continue, and they'll continue, and they'll go, and they'll continue, and they'll continue. They're the same thing five uh, year after year, five years, ten years, the same people. But really, they're not the, they're not the same. They're worse. Because the curse is upon him. But let me say this again. The curse was never meant for God's creation. It was never meant. It's a blessing. And, and God went to a great expense, a great cost, so that the blessing could be upon you. He made a, a covenant with Abraham. And he said the blessing it will be upon you, Abraham, because you believe me. Uh, I'm going to bless you, but I'll, I'm going to include your children too. So he blessed Isaac. He blessed Jacob. He blessed Israel. Uh, and that's their physical Israel, uh, physical descendants of Abraham. But then through Jesus, Christ has redeemed us. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. When Jesus went to Mount Calvary, uh, he, he, the, the curse fell upon him so that anyone that would accept Jesus would be free from the curse. Can you say amen? Lift your hand and say, I accept Jesus as my Lord this morning. I make him Savior. I make him Lord of my life. Praise God. You see, you make a decision, right? And number two, if we're going to walk in the blessing of Abraham, well, let me, let me just give you a scripture here, and then I'll, I'll give you uh, New Living Translation, the King James, because uh, the blessing is a decision. You've got to make it. You can't, nobody can make it for you. You can't, uh, you can't make that decision for anybody. If somebody says, I don't want the blessing, well, nothing you can do. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You say, yeah, but he's my mom. He's my, uh, he's my dad. Don't matter. He's my son. I want the best for him. Yeah, but he decides. Everybody uh, arrives at an age of accountability, right? So let's go to Proverbs 36, 11. And he said, if they obey me and serve me, they will spend their days in prosperity. Pro uh, Job's 36, 11. Job 36, 11. If they obey and serve me, they will spend their days in prosperity and their years in what? In pleasure. That's me. Say that. That's me. That's me, right? Now look at the New Living Translation. If they listen and obey God, they will be blessed in, with prosperity throughout all their lives. All their years will be pleasant. Praise God. Praise God, right? Uh, and then we can go to the New Living Translation, uh, Isaiah 1, 19 and 20. If you will only obey me, you will, eat, you will have plenty to eat. But if you turn away and refuse to listen, you will be devoured, and the sword of your enemies, I, the Lord, have spoken. So that's uh, number one. So say this with me. The blessing uh, uh, requires a decision. In other words, you and I are the determining factor. We decide. He said, well, let mom decide. No, she can't decide for you. He said, well, let my husband decide. Honey. You, wife, you decide for me. No, she can't. Everybody must decide, right? So if we want the blessing, you got to decide. Number two, there has to be training, right? Training, Pastor. Yes, because if there's no training, you won't know how to make this thing work, right? Just like a child, he said, you get a three-year-old, he said, get in the truck and drive. 
No, you better train that child, right? That's right. So we have to be trained. So without training, you will never see or experience the blessing of Abraham. You have to get trained. Why? Because the Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now watch that. Everybody look up here. Christians that are not trained, they have the curse on them all the time. And that's not normal. And that's not God's will upon their life. And people get up every morning and say, what do I have to do? What, what do I have to do? They don't know. They don't have a clue. They get up every morning and say, what do we do? Well, I guess we'll do this, right? It's guessing. It's a guess game. Trial and error, hit and miss. No, you'll never see the blessing of Abraham, even though it belongs to you. We have to be trained, right? So we have a great training program. And we start off with spiritual warfare. It'll give you a fundamental, a funda, a, a, a fundamental foundation for your life. Without training, you will not see the blessing. Look at uh, lots, lots of professions, right? Uh, can you imagine a pilot not being trained? You just give him a book and say, just read this. Can you imagine? No. There's professions that uh, they can't afford to make errors, big errors, right? Can you imagine a pilot? He said, hey, I forgot what I have to do. He's your pilot. You're up 36,000 feet, right? The Army trains his people. Why? If, you, if you're not trained, not only will it cost you your life, but you'll put in jeopardy the lives of others. Training is very important. But Christians don't think they should be trained. Yet the curse is upon their life, and they wonder why. They say, well, will somebody just give me a quick prayer? I mean, somebody just lay hands on me. Uh, just pray for me. And I've had people say, Pastor, would you just pray for me? Sometimes I don't even answer them. I don't, man. I say, yeah, see you. Yeah, God bless you. Because that kind of stuff is not going to work in your life. Right? It's not. So we have to be trained. Two scriptures, and I'm through. Look at Galatians uh, 4.1. Notice this. Say training is important. Look at this. You have to make a decision. Then you have to get trained. I've seen Christians being in church 30 or 40 years. They're the same people, but worse now. No training. They're like bumps on the log. Not you, but there's people like that, right? Galatians 4.1. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, somebody say young children. Those children are not much better off than slaves. Wow. Now, we're talking about heirs now. Until they grow up, somebody say, until they grow up. Even though, even though, even though, even though, even though, they actually own everything their father had. We are heirs right now. Watch this. If you're a child of God, you're an heir right now. Not tomorrow. You're an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. But if you're not trained, you'll never see it. You'll never see it. That's why we look at the Bible and look at people and say, what's wrong here? What's wrong? What's wrong, man? Yeah, it's not a reality. It's what the Bible says and what's, experience, what's their experience in their life is like two opposite things, right? No, you have to grow up. And if you don't get trained, 
You just stay in that position. We have to get trained. Can you say amen? And you, there's classes offered. So I'm going to go through that class. I'm going to get trained. If not, watch this. Ten years from now, watch this. Some of you young people, one day you wake up and you're 30, and time flies like this. And you're saying, what, am I, what, am I have to, what do I have to do? I've wasted 10 years of my life. Then you wake up and you're 40 and say, man, I wasted 40 years. You're 50. Said, man, life is gone. I haven't done anything. No, how could you? You didn't know how to uh, make this thing work for you. It takes wisdom, revelation, and rhema, knowledge to make this thing work for you. Okay? This, I'll finish with this. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. Watch this now. You've you got to catch this. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. How? Somebody say the knowledge. What if you don't have any knowledge? Right? In the knowledge of God. And uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ in his divine power, has, uh, as his divine power has given us how many things? All things. Somebody say, say it loud now. All things. That pertain to life and godliness through... Here it is again. Through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue, by which we have been given, given to us exceedingly and precious promises, that through these, that through these, that through these you might be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the curse. That's what the corruption is. Having escaped the curse that is in the world through lust. When you have knowledge, then you maneuver yourself. And you bypass all the wrong places and wrong people and all the curse in this life. But if the curse is upon you, you, you don't have any knowledge. But, right, uh, but rightfully, the whole blessing belongs to you. It's already yours. And when you get to heaven, you say, Lord, why? He said, well, let me give you a, an instant replay of your life. What you did. And the reason you didn't receive. Uh, the blessing or the inheritance that I had for you. Is because you never did anything. I couldn't get through your thick skull. You had a, a rock there. A rock in your head. And it had, your brain has to be renewed. Your soul has to be renewed. I couldn't penetrate it because you said no to my covenant and to my blessing by the actions that you took in your life. Does everybody understand that? So we have to make a decision. Somebody said we have to make a decision. And then we have to get into training. Wow, can you imagine? I've seen some of the young people here. They took, they're taking this training. They won't go through what you've gone through. Right? I've seen Christians go to three and four or five marriages. Right? Christians sitting up in church going to five, three or four or five marriages. Say, so what happened there? Well, no knowledge. And the curse is on them. You say, well, that's not a curse. Well, it is if you have all these exes and they're calling you. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's a curse. And you better pay this. And you better pay this child support, right? That's a curse. Right? That's right, because money, it's currency, and it's flowing away from you. Anytime money flows away from you, 
That's a curse because Jesus described it this way. He said, the thief has come not but to do what? Steal, kill, destroy. I've come that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. So if you're under a curse, you can't live the abundant life because there's sickness on you. There's all, all sorts of things on you day in and day out. Listen, we're human, right? We have a physical body. There'll be times that it's going to hit you. The symptom will come. But when, when you feel a symptom and you know the word and you're trained, you say, uh-oh. No, this is as far as you're going to go. Uh, by his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, we were healed. And if we were, we are, and I am, praise God. Satan, get your hands off of me, right? And if there's lack coming, he said, no, devil, there's no way you're going to put that lack on me. I'm going to be able to pay my bills. I'm going to prosper. I'm going up, praise God. I'm going to have me a nice house. Why not, right? If the sinners are having a nice house, why can't you have a nice house, right? I tell people in the Spanish ministry, I tell them, uh, listen, all you people that are renting, uh, you're going to have your own house. We're not going to be giving our money to uh, landowners, right? But if you have rent houses, you say, yeah, I want some, right? Well, you can have uh, all kinds of houses. But uh, for a believer, he said, no, I'm not going to live in a rent house. I'm going to have my own house, right? But you, uh, because you're under the blessing of Abraham. Can you say amen? Praise God. Did everybody understand what, uh, what I've shared with you this morning? You have to make a decision. And you have to be trained because... The blessing's already yours. It's already yours. It belongs to you. We're blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed going in and going out. Praise God. Right there where you're at, would you just raise your right hand? And I want you to say this with me. I declare Jesus. Say it. I declare Jesus to be Lord of my life. Say it again. I declare Jesus to be Lord of my life. I confess with my mouth. And I believe with all my heart that God raised him from the dead. And because I, I confess and I believe he is Lord of my life. And that curse is broken right now. I break the curse over my life. I break that curse over my life. I break the curse of sickness. Come on, say it. I break the curse of sickness. Say it. I reject this sickness. I don't care what kind of disease is on you. Reject it. Reject it. It's not yours. Hallelujah. Just say, I refuse this sickness, this, uh, this sickness, this hereditary sickness, whatever it might be. You reject it and command it to leave in Jesus' mighty name. I want you to lift your hand. Let's keep your hand lifted and say, uh, I reject poverty. I will not be poor. Say it. I will not be poor. No. The blessing of Abraham, the same blessing is upon your life. I will not be poor. Say it. I will not be poor. I will not lack. I'm going up. Uh, this year will end being the best year of my life. Say it. This year will end being the best year of my life. This year will end being the best year of my life. If you believe that, stand up and give the Lord a great praise offering this morning. Praise God. No, some of you are not even clapping. Come on, let's give the Lord a great praise offering. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Then some of you are like, hey, no, 
Oh. When you go to a game, I, I hate to see what you do in a game, right? <laughs> For a dumb ball, right? That's right. Some little ball that goes uh, 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 to the third, uh, 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 thirty-yard line or whatever, right? Oh, they made a, they scored a touchdown. Y'all scream and holler, but we can't do that for Jesus. Look what he get, what he did for you. He took the curse upon himself so that you could be free and live a great life. So let's give the Lord another great praise offering.